So tonight we'll be talking about you also can work in health. You also can work in health. Oftentimes we believe that it's some people out there that has the capacity to work in health. But I want you to know that you also can work in health. You also. Hallelujah. You also has the capacity to work in health. Let's start with Todd John 2. It's a very popular scripture. Todd John 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. Notice, Beloved, I wish above all things. I desire above all things. It's my desire. Some translation says, I pray. I wish for you above all things that you may prosper and be in health. That you may, as a person, prosper and live in health. Hallelujah. Especially this period that we find ourselves worldwide. Right as a pandemic. And some are more or less like living in fear. They are afraid of everything. But I love something someone said. Oh yes, we are cultures, but our faith is in God. Hallelujah. We are not living in fear. No, our faith is in God. Hallelujah. And God will keep you. If your faith is in him, God will keep you. God will preserve you. Hallelujah. So you don't need to live in fear. But that, but that doesn't mean also that you just go and become careless and start living anyhow. No way. So it says, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Now that's God's will for you. That's God's desire. But how does that become a reality? That's what we want to look at. How can that become a reality for me? If I'm going to live in health, how does that become a reality? So we'll be looking at some few things tonight that will help you, wherever you are, to be able to work in health. Amen. Wherever you are. You may be in Nigeria, you may be outside Nigeria watching this message. It doesn't make a difference. God is able to keep you. Hallelujah. God is able to preserve you. Now, number one, if you are going to live in health, attend to God's word. Attend to God's word. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. Attend to God's word. We need to understand that the word of God is what gives us. That's where we have our defense. It's in that word. It's in that word. Proverbs chapter 4. It says, my son, attend to my words. Now, when we say attend to the words, now I will put it this way, especially words along the line of healing. Words along the line of you knowing who you are in Christ. Now you see, if you need healing, that is not the time to spend all your time 
reading books on financial prosperity. It's God's word, <laughs> but that's not what you need at that moment. You may reap a harvest of money, but the person may be dead by the time the money comes. So it says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings, verse 19, 21. It says, let them not depart from thy eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, verse 20, 22, sorry. For they are life unto those who find them and health to all their flesh. One translation says, they are medicine. They are life to those who find them and medicine to all their flesh. The word of God becomes medicine. And I love what someone says. It's able to treat from head to toe. There's no other drug on earth that has that ability. Oh yes, I know a lot of us have heard of Gogbo Nishé. Hallelujah. How many of you have heard of Gogbo Nishé? Even when an outside man is selling it, they call it Gogbo Nishé. An evil man is selling it, they call it Gogbo Nishé. I don't know where, how they got that something from. Amen. But listen to me. All that they call Gogbo Nishé, when they use the word Gogbo Nishé, that means a drug that has the ability to cure all. I have news for you. That's not true. That is not true. A lot of times it is just calm. It's just calm. That's all. There's nothing about it at all. It's not true. I've been in a bus years ago while the man, I mean, was advertising, advertised the drug that has the ability to cure hypertension, diabetes, all kinds of things, epilepsy, he mentioned all kinds of things. And uh, I mean, his mouth was so good. He was he has a good PR. And the man, I mean, he could smooth talk it into buying anything. And at the end of the day, everybody started buying. Oh, it was in Lagos. We were inside mobile bus, you know, that's why they sell all kinds of things. And the guy, everybody started saying, ah, me, me, give me, give me, give me. And then the guy beside me bought one. Then I checked all that was written on it. Do you know what? Parastamol. That's all that was on the Bugbo Nishi. <laughs> but we are talking about God's word here. He says, my son, attend to my words. Or give attention to my words. Listen, if you want to work in health in 2021, it's possible. You too can have a testimony that from January to December, I did not visit a hospital. Amen. I'm believing God that one of these days, there will be throughout the, the testimony will be that nobody was sick throughout the year. You know, I, I read the book. A pastor went to visit a church and he preached there at the 31st service, December 31st and several people came and gave testimonies of promotion, of uh, financial breakthroughs, all kinds of things. And nobody gave any testimony along the line of healing. So after the service, the guest speaker asked the pastor and said, what happened? Does it mean that nobody got healed in your assembly throughout the year? The pastor said, better still, nobody was sick throughout the year. Isn't that a better one? 
He said, not a single person in our assembly was sick throughout the year. You have to be sick to get healed. He said, so God kept all of us healthy. And that is my prayer for everyone. That God will keep you healthy. Now, when he says, I wish that you be in health. Now, notice, for him to say, I desire, I pray. That means right now you may not be there. Because if you are already expecting, uh, experiencing it, I don't have to desire it for you. It's just like now, if I say, oh, I desire that you get a good job. If you already have one, I don't need to desire. So for him to say, I desire, I wish above all things, that means at that moment, they may not be experiencing it. But he's telling them, this will become a reality. This is possible. Listen, I don't care how sick you may have been. I don't care whatever your health condition may have been. Whatever the case may be, with God, you can overcome them all. He said, I wish above all things. And now he's showing us the way. He says, my son, do this. Attend to my words. Knock off the time that you are using on things that doesn't profit you. Knock off that time. Spend it in the world. My son, attend to my words. Attend to it. Give it attention. Take some time. Spend it in the world. And like I said, especially along the line of healing. Get scriptures in that area. Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my saints. Let them the words not depart from the eyes. That means don't just hear them and it goes no. Keep them there. Keep them in the midst of the heart. Why? For they are life to those who find them and help to all their flesh. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. Genesis chapter 8 verse 22. It says, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. That means, now if I sow the seed of healing, I will repeat I have to sow that seed, and that's why I'm spending time in the world. You sow that seed. You sow the seed. Seed time and harvest. Oftentimes when a lot of us hear the word seed time and harvest, what our mind naturally moved to is offering. <laughs> Thinking is more. No. Every seed time and harvest works in every area of life. Hallelujah. If you sow the seeds, in the area of hell, then you are going to repeat. There's no magic about it. There's no luck about it. If there's one word you should remove from your vocabulary for life, it's luck. There's nothing called luck in this world. Nothing operates by luck. Go and check it. <laughs> the person paid the price. And that's why things are working for him. There's nothing called luck. You want to work in health? Pay the price. Attend to the world. Sow the seeds. And then, healing is bound to come your way. Hallelujah. So, number one, attend to God's word. So, then number two, as you are attending to the word, I just want you to understand this. Healing is already paid for in the redemptive work of Christ. These are the things you now need to search out for yourself in the scriptures. When Jesus paid the price for our sin, you already paid the price for your healing. And I'm going to show us, even from Old Testament, that forgiveness of sin and healing always go together. Psalm 103. Let's start from Psalm 103. 
verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. Verse 3 says, Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thine diseases. Notice, he forgives and heals at the same time. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Thank God the blood of Jesus took care of everything. Let me ask you a question. Is there a sin on earth that the blood of Jesus cannot wipe away? Is there any sin? Is there any sin that is so bad that Jesus will look and say, wow! <laughs> when I died, I didn't know that somebody can be this bad. You, you're exempted. <laughs> is there anything like that? If there's no sin that the blood cannot wash, I have news for you. There's no sickness that the blood has not dealt with. If there's no sin that the blood has not dealt with, there's no sickness that the blood has not dealt with. There's no sickness. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's none. The Bible says, Who forgives all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases? All. Not some. He forgives all. He heals all. Hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 33, 24. Isaiah 33, verse 24. It says, And the inhabitants shall not say, I'm sick. Why? The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. The inhabitants shall not say, I am sick. Why? The people that dwell therein shall be forgiven their iniquity. Once there is forgiveness, healing takes place. One of the greatest things that causes problems for people is condemnation. If the devil can get you to live in guilt and condemnation, uh, do you notice the story in Mark chapter 2? You find it in Mark chapter 2, and then you find it in Luke chapter 5. The story of the man where Jesus, where uh, the man was let down from the roof. Do you remember that story? When the man was brought before Jesus, now the man was paralytic and was brought before Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What was he brought for? Huh? What was it that he came for? They all agree on that. They all came for healing. Now, but when Jesus saw him, what was it that Jesus said? Son, thy sins are forgiven thee. Jesus didn't say, son, you are healed. He said, son, your sins are forgiven thee. Now, others may have looked and said, huh? well, my friend, this man didn't come for your forgiveness of sin. He came to be healed. Yes, Jesus knew the root cause. Guilt and condemnation is what has kept him in that condition. Thy sins are forgiven thee. And then the Pharisees and the Sadducees looked among themselves and said, Who are you to forgive sin? Are you God? And Jesus asked them a question. Which one is easier to say? Thy sins are forgiven thee. Or rise up and walk. Let me ask you a question. Which one is easier to say? Yeah? I'm hearing different. 
Now, he said, which one is easier to say? Now, he's not talking about speech-wise. If I say your sins are forgiven thee, there's nothing that shows whether sin is forgiven or not. But if I say, rise up and walk, there must be a demonstration of power. So it requires more faith to say, rise up and walk. Jesus now said, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sins on the earth. My friend, rise up, take up your bed and walk. That means if I can jump four feet, jumping two feet is not a problem. Once you understand that with the forgiveness of sins, whatever the sickness, it has been taken care of. It has been taken care of. Isaiah 53. We must get to the point where Isaiah 53 becomes a part of you. Isaiah 53, verse 4. It says, Surely he had borne our griefs. Now we're born. He had taken our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him, stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Notice, surely he had borne our griefs. Now, the word griefs there really is referring to sickness. And carried our sorrows is talking about pains. Now, to prove that, let scripture interpret scripture. Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Matthew chapter 8, we'll still come back to Isaiah. It says, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Can you give me the amplified version of that Matthew 8, 17? Amplified version, please. Matthew 8, 17. Let me have the amplified version. And thus who fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, he himself took in order to carry away our weaknesses and infirmities and bore away our diseases. I don't care what sickness might have been on your body. Jesus bought that sickness. Whatever the name, Jesus already bought it. Hallelujah. Jesus already bought that sickness. Jesus already bought that disease. Himself took our infirmities, bore our diseases. He said, in order to carry it away. Why? So that you can be free. In order to carry it away. So that you can be free. Something happened somewhere recently. When a vehicle, someone was inside the vehicle. And there is space. And I mean, and he's carrying a luggage, holding. Said, My friend, drop it. The car is still carrying the two of you. Whether you are the one carrying it, or you put it by the side, all the weight is still transferred to the car. My friend, enjoy yourself. Let the load be on his own. Hallelujah. And it's the same in Christ. Jesus has borne the sickness, but you see, Ignorance is what has kept us down. 
that it might be fulfilled. Which was spoken by Isaiah, put back the scripture for me. That it might be fulfilled, Matthew, Isaiah 53.4. Surely he had born, so we can read that scripture this way. Surely he had borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we did esteem him, stricken of God and afflicted. Verse four, 5 now says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. We are what? Healed. Not we are going to get healed. We are healed. First Peter 2.24 First Peter 2.24, it says, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. Now, many of us believe this, that he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. But look at the end, by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. It did say by whose stripes you will be healed. By whose stripes, if you pray enough, it didn't say by whose stripes it will fast. It just simply said by whose stripes ye were. So it's something that has already taken place. Hallelujah. Isn't it good news that I'm already healed? Say with me, thank God I'm healed. Thank God I am healed. Now, if you, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing for you to believe it. It's one thing for you to read. By whose stripes you are healed. It's another thing for you to believe it. So when he forgave the sin, he healed the disease. The same act of redemption. The same work that was done. The same work produced healing. And like I said earlier, if what he did covered every sin... I love what Apostle Paul wrote in Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, when he talked about him on whom the mercy of God had been made known. He said, I, the chief of sinners, who was the chief. That means if it will work for a chief sinner, it will work for any other person. That means even sinners have rankings. I mean, you've seen some guys, you say, oh, you see, you say, even though I'm bad, but you see that guy. That guy is bad. <laughs> that guy is something else entirely. Thank God for what Jesus did. It has covered everything. It has covered everything. So I said, number one, attend to the word. And then get scriptures, especially the line of healing. And that's what we began to look at. Now, number two, believe that word. It's not enough. To believe the word, you need to meditate on this word. Meditate on it. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Isaiah 53 verse 1. Isaiah 53 verse 1. He said, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
Now, notice, I'm going to give you an illustration here. We have just read the report that says, By whose stripes ye were healed. Now, listen. Some may say, Well, Pastor, what I'm experiencing, I'm not healed. I'm sick. Now, the question is this Whose report do you believe? And that's why I want to give this illustration. Let's say you have a case. You have a condition, and the doctor says you need surgery, and then taken to theater. The man is taken to theater. The surgery is done, and woke up. I mean, normally when the surgery is being done, you don't feel any pain. But I don't care what anesthesia they give you. When the anesthesia wears off, pain shall come. Yes or no? <laughs> if you don't believe me, take blade and cut your hand. Just cut it small and see whether it is painful. <laughs> Amen. So you find out that the pain will come. Now you are feeling pain. The place is still raw. You are feeling pain. Then the doctor comes. Look at your results. Look at you. Probably the next day after the surgery, opens the wound, checks it up, checks the vital signs. Oh, he says, my friend, you are doing very well. Oh, you should be out in, the day, in, a, in another two days. Should be out in a day or two. Now, but if anybody touches around that area, wow! sorry, sir. But your friends come, they say, what are you doing? So I'm doing great. I'll be going home in two days. Now, but the way you are looking at that moment, does this show you are going home in two days? No, but you are taking the word of the doctor. You are taking it that the doctor knows what he's saying. Even though this is how I'm looking right now. But in another two days, I'll be going home. So you are telling your friends, don't worry, in two days, I'll be okay enough to go home. I'll be okay. Now, all you are saying, you are basing it based on what someone told you. Amen. Not based on what you are feeling at that moment. At that moment, the pain you are feeling from the surgery, let's say it's maybe the person had maybe appendicitis, may even be worse than the pain of the appendicitis itself. But you are too sure, in two days, I shall be going home. I shall be going home. And you are saying it, why? You believe the report of the doctor. Now, we have another doctor who has given you his report. Man has examined you. Dr. Adeko has examined you. And in his wisdom, he says you have typhoid. But another doctor, Jehovah Rapha, examines you. And says, based on my own report, you are healed. Now the question is, whose report do you believe? But, uh, Pastor, uh, the way my body is feeling, uh, it looks as if Dr. Adeko knows more what he's saying <laughs> than what this other person is saying. No, I'll give you another illustration. The same case now. Mr. A is sick, comes to the hospital. He meets a young doctor, a junior doctor, who has not seen that case before. And that one is confused with the case. He sees the case, he's confused. 
He looks at it, he says, ah, this is a bad case. So. And he's afraid. And even the patient can perceive it. <laughs> and says, wow, if this guy is this worried about my condition, this and this. And then later, a senior colleague comes in. And then the younger doctor is reporting the case to the senior colleague. And then he says this, and then the, the, the senior colleague laughs. And says, okay, don't worry, you are, you are still young in this profession. That's why you, do, you are confused with this. But you see this and this, this is what is happening here. This is what is happening here. You don't need to be worried. This case, there's no problem about it. Now, you just find out that the patient relaxes. Now, two doctors have spoken. One raised an alarm. The other one said there's no problem. Now, why is, is the patient relaxed now? Because he believes that the senior doctor knows what he is saying. Is that not so? He believes now. The first doctor is a doctor also. He's a doctor also. But he got worried. But the second doctor looks at it and says, don't worry. I've seen the case before. There's no problem. I will handle it. And then he does what he needs to do. And before you know it, the patient is okay. Now, it's, the, it's doctors. One doctor versus another doctor. But the younger doctors know that, look, <laughs> when my guy is speaking, I better listen. He knows better than I. And listen to me. I don't care what any athlete doctor may say concerning you. I don't care how many degrees may be behind his name. I don't care how many consultancy he has done. I don't care what he may have been professor, this or that. No matter what he, whoever he is, he's still far behind Jehovah Rapha. And whatever Jehovah Rapha says, is above whatever anybody says. And that's why the scripture says, who have believed our report, to him shall the arm of the Lord be revealed. John chapter 12, please. Verses 37 and 38. John chapter 12. Verses 37 and 38. The Bible says, but though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. Move on. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who had believed our report, and to whom had the arm of the Lord been revealed. Who had believed our report? Now, that means God has his report. Man has his own report. Now, the question is, whose report do you believe? The report you believe will determine whether you see God at work or not. If you will dare to believe God, then you see God at work in your life. You see his power at work in your life. I mean, I don't care whatever it is. No matter the diagnosis, no matter the prognosis. I mean, the diagnosis may be so bad. The prognosis may be so bad. But I have news for you. God is never terrified by it. It's never. It's never. If you believe that with God it is possible, it is. I had the case of this pastor he gave the testimony much later when he was much much older in years but this happened to him while he was a young a young minister they were having a retreat in the church and they were playing football and while they were playing the football someone tackled him and fractured his leg the bone stuck out practically the bone pierced through the skin and came out so this one is not a green stick fracture. I mean, the thing fractured well. 
And then everybody was panicking, but here was an elderly minister. He said, Do you want God to heal you or you want to go to the hospital? The pastor said, Well, I would like God to heal me. He said, Fine. Laid hands on him and prayed. And said, Okay, stand up on your good leg. He stood up and said, Put weight on the bad leg. The guy collapsed and fainted. They took about 45 minutes to revive him. He prayed with him again. He said, Stand up on your good leg. He did. He said, Oh, yeah. Lean on your bad leg. He fainted again. They took another 30 minutes to revive him. By that time, many people have been saying, <laughs> we don't tell you, carry and go hospital. <laughs> the pastor laid hands on him this time. Say, wait a minute, something's wrong. Laid hands on him and said, now, as you are standing up, stand up with the bad leg. Stand up with the bag leg. And as the young man put the weight on the bag leg, the bone snapped into position. And not only was the bone healed, the skin healed instantly. Every trace of the, of the puncture, everything disappeared. Now, tell me which doctor on earth can do that. Normally, doctors will have put him in cast for the next six weeks. Everything snapped into position. Listen, the problem is not whether God can do it. It's can we dare to believe him? If you will believe his report, then you will see his power made manifest in your life. If you will believe his report, then you will see his power in your life. Number three. Say what God says concerning you. Stop saying what doctor says. Start saying what the word says concerning you. I love the scripture. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without conventiousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he had said, I will never leave thee. Now forsake thee, verse 6, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So I can say, for he has said, by the stripes of Jesus, ye were healed, so that I can boldly say, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. He has said, so that I can say, I can say, stop telling people everything, uh, ah, this how I've been feeling since last week. This I have been feeling. This I have been feeling. Listen to me. All the people you are telling, how are they going to help you? And then the more you tell them, then, ah, it's true. Okay, okay, ah, okay, ah, you do this. Ah, how many times did you say you woke up in the night? Ah, that's diabetes. Ah, okay, ah, sorry. So you are, you are already having diabetes. Oh, yes, you're over 55. That's true, that's true. And then they agree with you over nonsense. He had said, so that I can boldly say. Joel 3.10. He had said, so that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Hallelujah. Joel 3.10 says, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let them say it. When you say it, then you will see. And finally, 
I just want us to look at this. James 4, 7. Number four, resist that sickness. Don't pamper it. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will do what? Flee. Resist the devil and he will do what? Flee. The question is, how do you resist? If I can, if, if, if this is stand up, I want you to stay here. I want you to walk towards this direction. Walk like this. Now, I can resist him. I can resist this. I can see him. I can resist him physically. But how do I resist the devil? Thank you. You can be seated. How do I resist the devil? Resist the devil and he will flee. Now, I've often said this. Most people are waiting. The picture of the devil they have is one black fellow. Amen. Let me see who is black, yeah? That I can use as illustration. <laughs> Amen. One black fellow with two horns, a long tail, and a pitcher fork in his hand. Now, if you are waiting for that, you wait till hell will freeze over. And that won't happen. The moment you notice that symptom, start resisting it. How do you resist? You resist with your words. Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. You resist with your words. You don't resist with Moses. Not the Bible says in Matthew 8, and Jesus cast out the devil with his words, not with his Moses. Matthew 4, please. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says that was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Let's move fast, please. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Look at Jesus' answer. But he answered and said, What? Answer me. What was his answer? It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Notice how Jesus resisted. It is written. Verse 5. Then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on him on the pinnacle of the temple and said unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god again the devil take him off this devil i mean this guy he is persistent but you too must be persistent and again, the devil took him up into an exceeding high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and said unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. Look at verse 11. That is one of my favorite verses. Can we all read it together? One to go. Then the devil liveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Then what happened? The devil liveth him. I don't care that devil, he shall liveth you. <laughs> if you can write that kind of English. Then the devil liveth him. The devil left. The symptoms left. The disease left. And I have news for you. If you too will say, it is written, by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. 
By the stripes of Jesus, I'm here. Christ has redeemed me from the cause of sickness and disease. Jesus himself took my infirmities and bound my sickness. It is written. I have news for you. I don't care how long that devil stands. We are not told how long that temptation took. But Jesus stood his ground. No matter how long the temptation took, Jesus stood his ground. But the end result was, but, and the devil liberty. I have news for you. Victory will surely come.